0: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD
1: at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Matt White,
2: right here on SEN.
3: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. SENQ Q693, Brizzy, of course, via the Gold Coast as well and across the SEN network on our app. Showers today for our Sydney listening area, tops of 26 in the city and 28 in the west. For Brisbane, a shower or two with a maximum of 31. A few showers around the Goldie as well and a top of 28. So that's your Thursday forecast, locked and loaded. But we are going to talk a lot of footy this morning and cricket as well. The season starts for the NRL 2023 Premiership tonight. Right here on SEN. So coverage of the eel storm. Joel Kane with the call on this one, from seven o'clock Eastern, six o'clock for our Queensland listeners. And we're going to pick our way through each match and hear from the key players in that. The final word from the players. But before that, dive into this, folks. Head first. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy on the open line. Our winner winner chicken dinner on a Thursday, thanks to Char Grill Charlie's, as you know, great sponsors of this program and feeding the entire SEN offices around the network. I want to know this morning who wins in round one by the biggest margin. Now, I sat down and did my tips yesterday for round one, and when I was posed the question, okay, what about margins? I went, oh, hang on a second, that's a different story. There are a couple of games that I flipped on. And flopped on when I came to my selections. But then I looked at the margins and thought, this is going to be tight. I get the feeling that round one will be pretty tight. Eels v Storm, that could be nice and close. Warriors and the Knights, I'll be calling that on Friday afternoon, uh, Friday evening. And look, sometimes you just don't know with the Warriors. And the Newcastle Knights, Ponga at six, Hastings now at seven. They've got points there, but... I get the feeling that might be close. Panthers and Broncos, I expect the Panthers to win, but I don't know if they're going to run away with it. Manly and Bulldogs, seriously, I think that could go to golden point. I tip Manly uh, both with head and heart, but I think that one could be close at the back end. Cowboys v Raiders, again, expect the Cowboys to win, but I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. Sharks and Rabbitohs, that'll be tight. Expect Souths to win that one. Dolphins and Roosters, let's come back to that. And then Tigers v. Titans, again, that could be close. So out of all of those, I've got to say the Roosters look to me to be the standout team in round one to win by the biggest margin. Give me your thoughts on that. Let me know who wins by the biggest margin, but you need to tell me why. And you'll go into the draw for one of our 10 Chargrill Charlie's vouchers that 2AM Tommy's keeping in his back pocket. He'll... Hand them over mostly under duress because he's giving up free food. But 10 vouchers to Char Grill Charlie's coming your way. Now, we've heard from experts, we've done our top eights, we've done our Dally M's, we've done our grand final winners. But what about the players' perspective? The final word from the key players heading into round one. So let's go through these and hear from the players. As they go into the first match of 2023. Tonight, Eels B Storm. It's going to be fascinating. Josh Hodgson there in uh, the Eels jersey for the first time. A very different Storm lineup. Eight different players from the team that took to the field last time around in 2022 in the finals. Eight different players. And then you throw in the fact that Craig Bellamy has never lost a round one match when he's been in charge at the Melbourne Storm since 2003. It is quite some winning streak. So, the key players in this one, let's hear from Clint Gutherson at the Eels.
2: We have the majority of the same boys in the team. We lost a few, obviously, uh, great players in our squad, but every team does. It's just about someone filling up. So, um, look, we're ready to go again and looking forward to it. It's a new year. Last year doesn't mean anything. Every team has changed, every, every player's uh, moved on and it's about starting this year well and we get to open to the year, it's exciting. We're going to have a full house at um, at the stadium and uh, we're looking forward to it.
3: So they went to the final game of 2022. They start in the first game of 2023 and according to Gartho, last year we need to park it. Sure, we didn't go the distance and win the premiership. We went all the way, but but that's, that's in the rear vision. We need to look ahead for this one. And what we're hoping to do here, folks, if you're trying to work out your tips for round one, perhaps these insights from the players are going to help. Christian Welsh at the Melbourne Storm.
1: Yeah, and obviously we've got our
4: work cut out for us with the last year's grand finalists. So, um, yeah, we're well aware of the challenge we've got. Year after year, these tough pre-seasons, they really work. And I know... Us players, we tend to get a bit tired and worn down by them, but they really, it gives us a bit of an edge how tough and, and resilient it makes you. So hopefully, um, we can show that, that the, the grueling months of training and they've really stepped it up um, that we can go out in the field and, and take to tour. Is the
3: pre season something that you factor in when you're looking towards your round one tips? I mean, the Melbourne Storm are so professional, they've done it time and time again, and surely that's got to be one of the key reasons. Why Craig Bellamy has never dropped around one match he'll you, you've got to know that even with eight different faces they're going to be ready because they're always ready so that's tonight then of course tomorrow night Sky Stadium over in Wellington the Warriors the the Knights let's have a listen from inside the Newcastle Camp Tyson Frizzell.
5: It's been a long, tough pre-season. boys have worked really hard, and I think we're all really looking forward to playing, getting some footy back in New Zealand, especially, so yeah, definitely ready. A lot of guys playing together for the first time. Still a lot of hard work to, to, get, to get through this week, especially preparation for um, the game on the weekend, but yeah, we're definitely ready. And like I said, we've, we've prepared as well as we can and done everything on the field and off the field to get ourselves right, and we're just looking to yeah, transfer that onto the paddock now.
3: So new names, new combinations. That could be a key, especially for the Newcastle Knights. And the same's got to be said for the Warriors. So many new looks in the Warriors' outfit in 2023. The Panthers have the Broncos in round one. So late match on Friday night at BlueBet Stadium in Penrith. And, of course, the Penrith Panthers looking for three in a row. Broncos dressing room and how they're feeling.
6: There's no point I'd rather start, to be honest, this year, round one, you get a reality check against the um, reigning premiers and hopefully we can come away with two points, so um, that's exciting. mate. I've never played there, so I'm really keen to get out there and obviously things went the way they did last year, but without um, being too cliche, it's a new year, new team, and ready to go. Cobo can do things that no one else can do and Walsh can do things that no one else can do, so we're pretty lucky that you know the one and two fullbacks, um, or up and coming fullbacks in the game are at our club, so um, yeah, it's disappointing that Walsh won't be able to pull on a Bronx jersey, but, um, you know, Selwyn had a quality, I think he played the full 80 on the trial. And I'm excited to see what he can do. And he's a big body and he'll be good.
3: Pat Carrigan there. Okay, we get to Four Pines Park at uh, Brookvale on Saturday afternoon. It's the three o'clock game, Seagulls v Bulldogs. And a lot of interest in this one. Obviously, Anthony Seabold in charge now at Manly. And you've got Cameron Seraldo in charge at the Doggies. What about Lachlan Croker, player of the year for Manly last year? We know that Tom Trubojevic is in. It's going to be interesting around the battle of the sixes and sevens across the board. So many star players. Manly's player of the year in 2022 had this to say ahead of the season opener.
7: New coaches bring new ideas and and new systems and all that sort of stuff. And um, so far, it's been working really well. Um, We're really excited to get out there and play some footy. And we've got a lot of young guys that are coming through and playing really good footy. Um, a lot of our older guys left us last year, so it sort of gave us a chance to to rewrite um, how we sort of go about things throughout the preseason, and then hopefully take them into the year with just sort of cultures and, and values and stuff that, that we really care about. So it's been a nice change.
3: Lachlan Croker there. So Cowboys then have the Raiders. Relatively few changes across the board. Big one for the Sharks for the Rabbitohs. No Nico Hines. He is out. Braden Trindle is in. But Nico did speak on the captain's run yesterday right here on SEN about what they've learnt from 2022.
8: In patches, we were really good at certain areas and then like our start in that South semi-final wasn't up to standard and we spoke mm-hmm. about starting fast in those in those bigger games and going after those sort of teams. So I think we got punched in the face really early against Para, I mean against South, um, and they were up 12-0 within how, within how long it was and we sort of couldn't come back from that, so um, you know, we don't really want to get punched in the face first. We want to punch them in the face and go after them.
3: It's a good way to put it, isn't it? Don't want to get punched in the face first. So we'll start. So that brings us to the Dolphins v Roosters. And like I say, this is the one I've got to say looks to be the one where there will be the biggest margin. But we don't know. We just don't know what the Dolphins are going to offer up. I think it's a fair bet to say we know what the Roosters will deliver and similar to what the Melbourne Storm do, professionalism, in and out and a lot of focus around Brandon Smith in particular but gee there's focus on the Dolphins and for good reason their captain Jesse Bromwich let's have a listen to him
4: yeah I've got
6: all my family members in that all ringing me and you know telling me how big it is and how good it is but I'm just yeah I do know how special it is and and you know, I am super grateful for the opportunity but I think running out on Sunday was just going to be yeah pretty special for myself at the end of the day we just want to make them proud and and make all our families proud and and all our fans and members. So we look forward to
5: it.
3: All right, there's Jesse Bromwich. Tigers, of course, v. the Titans. We'll skip our way through the rest of the day's news and, of course, cover cricket as well. You're listening to The Morning Program right here on SEN, back after this. Now let's continue on with this discussion around the NRL. Mitchell Moses yet to sign with Parramatta. If you're listening yesterday, Wednesdays, with Webby, Andrew Webster um, was pretty convinced that there would be some news on that yesterday. Well we're still waiting. Uh, Michael Sevo of course has extended his deal with the Parramatta eels, but we're still waiting on Mitchell Moses. and the questions around this is, one, what's he holding out for? Well, it appears to be another year. Um, four could become five years. The money is there and it's all good. But is it a distraction? Do you think this would be a distraction for the Parramatta eels? I mean, these things happen all the time, but this is a big name and a big deal and it goes for a long, long time. So is this a bit of brinkmanship going on from the Mitchell Moses camp or are they just trying to cross the T's and dot the I's on this one? Brad Arthur, let's have a listen to him in the middle of all of this, trying to get his season up and running, trying to get back on board for 2023. And meanwhile, you've got a key player who's yet to put pen to paper.
9: Right, are we able to announce Mitch's future today? I'd love to be able to, but yeah, I don't know what's happening there. You know, look, what I've seen from Mitch at training, um, the way he's training, he's training like someone that, that wants to be at the club. So, you know, like he'll make his announcement when he's ready. I haven't talked to Mitch, and you I know you're to know, you think that's crap, but it's true. I had a conversation with him early in the piece about my desire for him to stay. He knows that. I don't f- feel like I need to be bugging him every day about it. I'll leave that to the players. They're doing a fair job of ribbing him about that.
3: So I guess if you're Brad Arthur and your, your statement there around, look, he looks as though he's training, as though he's ready to play and, and stay with us, then Brad Arthur's going to get the body language and the read on it better. And he'll be in touch with head office, no doubt about it. So I just wonder what the distraction or what, what, the, what he's holding out for, Mitchell Moses. What is there yet to do with this deal? And if it is just the one more year, whose camp are you in here? Are you in Mitchell Moses to try and push it from four to five years? Or do the Parramatta Eels, who clearly, if that is the issue, are holding firm, do you think they should stay, hold firm? Just stay with that. Stick with four years or the other way. They've got their player, keep him for another year, do the five years, give him what he wants, and away you go. And here's another question for you, folks. And give me a call on this one on 1300 01 1170. What if there's a curveball? What happens if there's a curveball in all of this? Now, we've sat through so many deals that we thought are going to go this way and they go that way. They zig when we think they're going to zag. And we know that the West Tigers have been here in this one and it appears as though that's not going to be the likely destination. I mean, let's put it out there. We think probably 90% sure that Mitchell Moses is going to stay at Parramatta, but this is rugby league. And this could change in a heartbeat. So what if there is a curveball? Where could somebody like Mitchell Moses end up? If it's not the West Tigers, who's got the cash? Who's got the want for a halfback for four to five years at a million bucks plus? Can you think of anybody out there who could benefit from a curveball out of the Mitchell Moses situation or do you think Parramatta should just bite the bullet? They're so close to a deal. If it's another year, give it to him. Or the other way. Let me know your thoughts. 0457736736 on the text line or 1300-01-1170 on the open line. And we see this morning that David Fafita, the reports that David Fafita could possibly be back to the Brisbane Broncos. The Broncos may enter the race for Fafita, who's off contract at the end of this season. So we know that he's got some big offers on the table from the Gold Coast, where he's at, and the Canberra Raiders. 23 years of age. He played 44 games at Brisbane from 2018 to 2020. In fact, he's played more there than he has at the Titans. He's now up to 40 games at the Titans. That deal was a three-year deal worth more than $3 million that included a reported 1.25 in his first year. So now you have David Fafita possibly with three suitors at the table at the age of 23. And it's going to be a big contract either way. Does he stay at the Titans for big money? Do the Raiders get him to the nation's capital for big money? Or do the Broncos, who, as we know, have lost a couple of players, will be losing a couple of players Uh, to the Dolphins in particular, Farnworth and Flegler were the latest to sign up. Do they come in and swoop on in and bring David Fafida back for big money? The twist in this, his partner Shaylee Bent could be part of a package deal. So sought after, obviously, NRLW player and reportedly both Canberra and Gold Coast have tried to sign her, but she's reportedly waiting to get clarity around Fafita's destination, which is fair enough. So let me know. A best fit for David Fafita? Is it where he is? Is it at Canberra? Or do you think he goes back to Brisbane and the best fit for David Fafita I'm talking about? He's still only 23 years of age. We know what he can do. The guy's a wrecking ball, a superstar. What club will be the best for him and bring out the best in him? And then package deals. Now, this is a bit of fun on a Thursday morning. Two for the price of one. So say he goes to Canberra. Well, then Shaley Bent's got a deal there, ready to go for Canberra. Gold Coast appear to have stepped up for the same thing. So it got us thinking this morning on package deals, the old two for the price of one. What's your best two for the price of one in world sport? Who goes hand in hand? Because sometimes... Wherever one person goes, another follows. Think Wayne Bennett, Darius Boyd. You think of great connections in world sport. Dennis Lilly, Rod Marsh, Bold Lilly caught Marsh 95 times. Des Hasler and Kieran Foran had a great connection. It's now been broken up, and Foran's at the Titans, and Des no longer coaching at the moment. But they were uh, constantly linked together. And it's fair to say that Hasler got the best out of Foren, and he enjoyed that relationship. Langer and Hayden average 51.53 as a pair. Go to tennis. I mean, the obvious choice of the twins when you think of doubles of Mike and Bob Bryan, 18 doubles majors together. So who are some others that we could link together? If you say, hey, I want to buy such and such, but most likely I'm also going to get whoever comes with you. I'm thinking Steve Smith, Marnus Labuschagne, <laughs> the bromance. So you sign Smudge, you're going to get Marnus. or you sign Marnus and more than likely Smudge. Well, no, maybe more than likely the other way. So your best two-for-one deal, folks. I've got a $50 Bunnings Warehouse voucher thanks to WD40 to give away this morning. If you've got a two-for-one deal, you can think outside the box on this one and pick up the phone to do it thanks to WD40 register online for their repair challenge 2023 for a share in over $15,000 in prizes a $50 Bunnings warehouse voucher in cricket Australia v India heading into day 2 today Australia lead by 47 runs did you catch any of this yesterday it was absolutely incredible the pitch in indoor is at indoor is a worry but it does provide for some pretty spectacular test cricket. And Matt Koenigman will have loved every minute of it yesterday. Five for 16 for the youngster off nine overs. A five for in the third test. Virat Kohli top scored for the Indians with 22. So they were skittled for 109. And out come Australia who end up four for 156. But it's tough work. Usman Khawaja, 60. Thought he was going to go the distance. But I tell you, 60 on that is worth a whole lot more. Manus Labashain, um just bowled by one that kept low and went straight through him. 31, he just stood there and just dropped his head. Steve Smith gone for 26. So we've got Peter Hanscom and Cameron Green at the crease. Hanscom not out on seven and Green not out on six. So the lead is 47 after day one. Are you okay with the pitch being as crazy as it is? I'll play you some audio a little bit later of Mark War. He's not. He doesn't think it's up to test standard. And it is crazy, but it's providing some pretty uh, pretty good entertainment, depending on which way you look at it. 14 wickets fallen on day one. Day two coverage from 2:30 Eastern this afternoon on the SEN app. So, it, up past one for our Queensland listeners. Coming up, I'll chat with Bryce McGain. We'll catch up with Noddy Brett Camorley ahead of the season opener. Joe Lolly from Sydney FC will be my special guest, and we'll do our SEN track analyst top tips for the weekend racing ahead with Chris Nelson. Let's go to the news. Uh, your texts and calls coming up. Yeah, 6 o'clock for our Queensland listeners. Vanessa, thank you very much. So, Parramatta v Melbourne to kick off. Season 2023, Joel Kane, uh, Mark Spud, Carroll, and the one and only Brett Camorley will be out of Combank for the call of this one right here on SEN. And Noddy's going to join us every Thursday morning to pick our way through uh, the round ahead. Good morning to you, Noddy.
0: Good morning, Matty.
3: How are you, buddy? Good, thanks. Good to catch up with you and and get your thoughts on round one and the season ahead. Can I start with this? Because I posed it to my listeners, so I'm going to pose it to you. When you look across round one, I see some tight games. So who do you reckon in round one has the win by the biggest margin? Has anyone jumped to mind?
0: No, no. I think the competition this year is the closest competition we've had for a long, long time. Um, The three or four top sides the last few years lost two or three or four a bit better players or higher players to middle tier or bottom tier. So, good luck in the tipping competition this year. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to be so inconsistent, and I don't believe there'll be a team that finishes way out in front, um, like we've seen with probably Penrith have done the last few years, and some and
3: potentially Melbourne or
0: or the Roosters or South in some regards earlier earlier from them.
3: How did you approach round one? How did you how did you get into the mindset when you were playing? Um, for the first game of the season?
0: Uh, my mindset, I think, was always, you know, you've worked really hard in the off-season, you're ready to go. The simpler you keep round one, the better you're going to be. I think the high completion rate, the field position, you're going to be a bit clunky, you're not going to be at your full groove, you're not, you have no match fitness. So I think it's very, very important that you don't try and think you're going to put all your set moves on and all your big structure. So um, that's sort of what I thought about it from a structural point of view. The one thing I also thought about when I was a player, and probably still think of it now, now I'm on the other side of the fence in some regards, commentating or a little bit of coaching, is that round one gives you belief that everything you've worked on over summer is correct. Because I've lost a few times, I remember, really badly in round ones or round twos, and then they start changing what you're trying to do. And then you're like, well, what have we just done the last three months? Like, do we not believe in that now? So I think it puts a bit of uncertainty into your team or, your structure, or it gives you full clarity of going, yeah, we're on the right page. Yep, these players are going to be good. Um, and especially for the clubs who have got new players, they're going to go, yeah, we're going to be okay on, on the recruitment decisions we've made.
3: And then I think about the Eels tonight, Noddy, and we heard from Clint Gutherson earlier, who, who kind of referenced the fact that 2022 is behind us. But when you go that close, do they have a different role different mindset into round one. Do they want to make a statement and truly put a grand final loss behind them in the first week?
0: Well, the opposition they're playing, I don't think it's lost around one for 17 years or something, if that's correct. But uh, they've got a pretty good record that Melbourne Storm Club for round one. Um, And obviously they will be well prepared and ready for it. The one thing I will say about Parramatta is, yes, they say you've got to lose one to win one. um, And they've been building for a number of years to get there. But when you lose potentially Reid, Marnie, Papa Lee, Confuci, and now you've lost, um, you know, Bailey Simonson, Money Wings, it's not the same team or it's not a better team on losing last year's grand final. I don't think this team's as strong as last year's team. So all of a sudden they've come back two or three pegs because they've lost players. And then was that their premiership window last year? Did they build three or four years to get there and weren't able to achieve it And what happens is you lose key players. Now you restart.
3: We'll also be calling uh, tomorrow night the Warriors v Knights. And it's hard to get a read on these two teams as well. But when you look at the Newcastle Knights, there's going to be so much focus, Noddy, on on Caelan Ponga at number six, obviously captain, and now Jackson Hastings next to him at number seven. How different do you reckon the Newcastle Knights in particular will look in 2023?
0: Well, they got a genuine number seven. I'm a huge Jackson Hastings fan. I thought he was terrific for the West Tigers. I got some time with him at the end of last year. And um, genuine rugby league fanatic, um, loves the game, understands the game, plays the I think he's a traditional number seven. Um, you know, and and can steer you around. Kicking game will be good. Calum Ponga there just gets to relax and play what Calum Ponga wants to play, um, rather than actually having the manager side. So if you've got a freak or a running six, which is Carolyn Ponga, then you need a gen- genuine number seven game manager. So I think the balance of the halves at Newcastle is the best it's been for probably 10 years. I think that's a really, really good combination. Um, most time when sides have had successful campaigns, it starts with a, like at one, six, seven, nine and 13. Um, so obviously they, they've gone there. They've recruited Lockie Miller out of the Sharks. Um, he's going to play fullback for him. He's extremely, he's, he's quick. Um, there's plenty of rumblings coming out of Newcastle, though. There's plenty of rumblings coming out of the Dragons, isn't there? There's a little, little news and, and stuff that's happened over summer. So both these clubs, well both these clubs, not these clubs, but in the Dragons, but the Knights would want to start really well because the footsteps or the drums might be beating it with a bad performance for the first round.
3: When we think about differences, too, going into round one, I'll skip ahead to Saturday afternoon, and I think Manly v. Bulldogs, a lot of hype around the Seagulls after the preseason, and obviously a huge change in the coaching front and the assistant coaches, all that stuff. But when you look at their team going into this one, there aren't too many changes from 2022 through to 2023. Obviously, Cooper Johns will start at 5'8", no Kieran Foran. Plenty of changes also behind the scenes at the Bulldogs. But when you look at their team, there are some very, very key changes. And in particular, you look at Reed Marnie and Viliyama Kickau. So uh, how do you think 2023 sits for both the Seagulls and the Bulldogs? Because we'll get a pretty good bird's eye view of them on Saturday afternoon.
0: Yeah, we will. I think it'll be exciting for both clubs. Both fan bases would probably be really excited leading into the competition. Um, different reasons obviously change of direction at Manly Um, they'll be waiting to see when Tom is available and when Tom back because obviously that has a huge um, huge understanding of him and and Tom does Tom play every week for 25 weeks because if Tom plays 25 rounds Manly are going to be a top eight side if Tom doesn't play 25 rounds then it puts a lot of pressure back on as you said DCE to be the main star uh, and just work on the forward pack. so hopefully Tommy's you know, that hamstring is terrific. He's obviously you know, he's had a big campaign over summer. Um, I know he was a bit unhappy potentially when the coach changed, but obviously Mr. Seabold would have calmed him down and said, mate, you're a big part of this club. So time goes good there. There's plenty of excitement. If you're a Canterbury fan, um, top eight is in their grass. Um, they've bought, as you said, Reid Martin, is terrific. He was on the fringe of playing for Queensland. Kick is just a strike left edge back rower who's big, strong and a freak. Um, so that'll be good. Burton's a quality player. Um, you know, Ryan Sutton, I think, is also a really strong forward for him. Um, so I think he's at each week tough middle forward. So they'll go well. Um, I'm not sure whether they'll make the eight, both these sides, but I think they'll be in and around that position six to position 10 type of combinations as there's not many key injuries to them. And for Canary, who have been rebuilt enormously from a couple of spoons, you go from 16th to normally finish about... 8th to 10th, and then you try and go from 8th to 10th to 5th to 8th, and then in, within three to four years, you've got to be competing for the flag. So that's probably where they're heading with the new coach in Cameron Giraudo. And, um, you know, we know they've bought Crichton already for next year, and I suppose keep listening to who are the other targets they go on a poach through. and know, we're here for people say so They've got plenty of money on their cap for 2024, and they'll spend wisely.
3: Yeah, yeah, there's more to come in that uh, department. Before I get your tips, just a, a final word overall on your general your genuine expectations of the Dolphins. New team coming to the Premiership. They've got the Roosters first up, so it's going to be difficult. But your expectations this season of the Dolphins, mate?
0: Uh, they'll be competitive. You know, Wayne Bennett's a super coach. He's been around for a long, long time. Doesn't have a star-started roster like in the past at the Broncos when they first started. Um, and the success he had at the Dragons. But they'll be competitive. They've got probably a lack of depth, which will make it hard for them if they get some injuries. I would think the Dolphins will aim to be successful and be really competitive in two to three years for a top eight side. So, you know, if you are talking about who could have the biggest win for round one, I, you look at that and you go potentially, um, you know, potentially the Roosters could have the biggest win. But I expect them to go and be competitive with Dolphins. I just don't know how many games they win this year.
3: All right, let's go through them. Tell me who wins uh, for round one tonight, Eels v. Storm. 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 Continue tomorrow the winning streak uh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Over there in Wellington, Warriors v. Knights.
0: Yeah, I think the Warriors will get off the good stuff. They actually look really fit in their trial form, um, and a new coach has come out of the Penrith system, so that's got to be a couple of positives. For
3: these. Panthers against the Broncos.
0: Yeah, I think Penrith Penrith will win that one. Um, Yeah, I think that might be the score. That might be the game that has the biggest scoreline in it with the points victory.
3: Yeah, could be. Could be. Saturday afternoon, Seagulls, Bulldogs. Yeah, I think Manly win that one. um, And
0: I think they win in a close one.
3: I think that, could, that has the potential to go to Golden Point. Well, let's see. Uh, Saturday, 5.30, Cowboys v. Raiders in Townsville.
0: Yeah, well, the Raiders form in the trials, I can't say added any bit of excitement to me if I was a Canberra fan. So I think the Cowboys win, and uh, I would imagine it would be pretty hot up there in, in, in Townsville for the Canberra Raiders week one of the competition.
3: Hardest one, well, it could have been the hardest one to pick, but with no Nico Hines, I think you've got to go the Rabbitohs against the Sharks.
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah. As you said, Nico Hines plays, you probably go Cronulla at home. Um, No Nico Hines, uh, South Sydney get off to a good start. Souths were great in the Charity Shield as well.
3: Yeah, and you've got the Roosters to beat the Dolphins. So what happens with the Tigers and the Titans, Noddy? Like Hart on Sunday night. Oh,
0: the eighth wonder of the world—the full house there at the West Tigers.
3: Drums will be beating, and um, yeah,
0: I think you know Corrissow will be um, will be leading the West Tigers out, and they'll get a victory.
3: Good on you, mate. Good calling tonight. Look forward to calling with you tomorrow night as well, and let's make this a regular chat. Appreciate your time this morning.
0: Thanks, Matty. Have a great week.
3: Brett Kamali, there you'll hear his call with Joel Kane this evening and Spud Carroll tonight, right here on SEN. So. Full coverage of uh, uh, the NRL tonight and tomorrow as well. Let's just take a quick call. One 1170 is the open line number. We're looking for package deals, twin sets. If you buy one, you get the other. Uh, Barry from Wollongong, who have you got, Barry?
8: Mate, I reckon South made the best deal in two thousand and three. That they signed Brian Fletcher
10: and he delivered him two wooden
4: spoons.
3: Hold on, Barry. Hold on to the line. I'll send you back to Tommy. You are straight into nomination time. Uh, Mr. Quintessential says, Morning, Matty. You sign Steffi, you get Andre. You sign Kyrios, you get Trouble. So there you go. Uh, twin sets along the way. So that's what we're looking for a little bit of perfect match. Who goes in hand? Back after this. Tony on the text line 0457736736 says, I reckon the Dolphins are still waiting for Darius to turn up. Look, we threw that out there off the back of David Fafita and the report that perhaps the Broncos might buy back into this race, but the twist in it is his partner, Shaley Bent, could be, well, could be part of a package deal. Now, that's not really the scenario because Canberra are interested in having Shaley there and Gold Coast are interested in having Shaley there, and obviously there's a lot going on with her partner in David Fafita, so... We threw it out there in terms of package deals. The old two for the price of one. Who goes hand in hand? Um, Lee of Brizzy says the Morris Brothers. But that's that's straightforward. And another one says you sign one Burgess Brother, you sign a lot of them. <laughs> yes. The old two for the price of one. In some cases, more than two. Maddie, Eric growth, and Paul Mayers. They had a side business back in the 80s. Eckers, Wreckers and Mayers, Spares from John at Harrington Park. Brady and Gronk. Yep, good shout-out. Stu, nice to hear from you this morning. Stuart Broad, James Anderson. There's a fair old pair uh, in both regards. And who are Glenn McGrath and Shane Warne? Yep, working beautifully in tandem at either end. Uh, let me know your thoughts around that. 0457 736 736. Can you think of any two-for-one deals that we could link together. You're in the running for a $50 Bunnings Warehouse voucher thanks to WD40 and their repair challenge. If you pick up the phone and give me a call, 1300-01-1170, you go straight into that running. Back to the test cricket. Let's have a quick listen to Mark War on the state of the pitch over there in Indoor.
11: If the ball's going through the top in the first 20 minutes of a test pitch, off the
9: main part of the pitch... Well, that's got to show you that the pitch is not up to test standard. Now, fair enough, it goes out of the footmarks, you know, after an hour or so. But that's on the main part of the pitch in front of middle stump. Now, that's, that's just not a pitch up to test standard. That is not good enough. It doesn't matter how good a player you are, you're going to need luck to get runs on this sort of surface.
3: There was not a lot of luck around for the Indians yesterday in their first innings. Rattled for 109. I mean, some of the deliveries were skipping low. Um, staying low, spinning an absolute mile on day one, session one. Um, Nathan Lyme, when he came on, made it look easy, which he has the tendency to do. And then Matt Kuneman came out with five for 16 off nine overs. It says a fair bit when Coley top scores with 22 and had to eke his way out for every one of those single runs in reply for 156 for Australia. So it's tough going for all of them out there, and the Aussies got on top of it better than the Indians. Um, They lead by 47 runs. I wonder, too, just how much India's heart is in this one and their heads in this one. I've got to say that whilst they knew when they went out there that it was a devil of a pitch, they didn't look overly stressed about it. They've already won the series. There's a lot on the line still, obviously, with this test and another to go, but the series itself is done, and I just wonder how much... India is putting into this. Did they look really rattled? Did they look massively worried? Not too much from what I saw. They'll still give it a fair shake, but you've got the feeling that this one's going to be over quicker than the five-day test that we saw between England and New Zealand. Give me some great combos this morning, folks. one one 1170 Our second hour of the program. Welcome back wherever you are tuning in. Thanks for your company on this Thursday morning. It's Giveaway Thursday We've rated every draw we could find in the SEN office. I've got a $50 Bunnings Warehouse voucher to give away thanks to WD40. A Signet Boost Power Bank as well. It'll keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. And a 10, uh, we've got 10 Chargrill Charlie's vouchers as well for Winner Winner Chicken Dinner of the day thanks to Chargrill Charlie's. Now, when it comes to Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, uh, I don't want your tips for round one. I want to know who's going to be the biggest winner for round one. And I'm leaning towards the Roosters. We had a shout-out for the Warriors against the Knights. Uh, But your combos as well. So what about your combo deals? Let me know when we look at a package deal. The old two for one. Two for the price of one. Perfect match. However you want to put it. Gee, there's been some great nominations. What about Cliffy and Beaver, says Andrew from Newcastle. Yep, wherever Cliffy went, Beaver followed... And vice versa, essentially. And we all know the way that that normally ended across the try line for Beaver. Uh, best package deal and a couple of nominations well, more than a couple. Um, Smithy from Melbourne with one, Paramat with another, the great Brett Kenny and the great Peter Sterling. Kenny and Sterling, how's that for a package deal? All right, Sharky, you can have a crack at this if you want. 01 1170, a package deal in the NRL.
8: Before I get on to that, I watched that cricket last night, and I think these blokes who run the game want to have a look at themselves because it's meant to be fair both ways. And, mate, batters have got no chance here. Collage with have fantastic games. A lot of luck, but that's just not cricket, mate. That's that's pretty bad, mate.
3: Anyway, <laughs> yeah, my combination. I'll, I'll you have to say about that in just a sec. Yeah. Your, your combination?
8: What about when the, uh, your great mate, our, our, our great radio and the great Jimmy Smith went to the mighty West Pack magpies on a mega deal. That's a, that's a Jimmy to everyone, especially his in-laws over there in America. Anyway, and
10: he got, he, he got extinction.
3: <laughs> that's, you reckon that goes hand in hand. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to park that one sharky. I'm going to put that in Tommy's little black book and, uh, We'll run that past Jimmy when we see him next. 01 1170. Here's one uh, from Tim the Toolman. Pairings you might like. Johnson and Bow. They made a great team. Yeah, uh, well, two legends. Two legends of motorsport. In fact, down in Tasmania, just on that, Tim, I don't know if you caught it across the weekend in the Speed Series, but JB, John Bow, um, he's on a Chow for Now tour. He's been going forever, um, and he ended up winning the final race. And guess who let him go to win it, Johnson. But Steve, not Dick, this time around. So the headlines were just waiting for it. He's a Tassie local, of course. John Bowen. Um, what a headline it was! Bow beats Johnson in final race at home. Uh, but that's a good pairing. Thank you for that. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, great combo, Skull and warning. Yep, made a great combo. Mackers chips and chalk shake. Yeah, they make it I haven't done that for a while, Rob. At all. Um, it's not a bad it's not a bad one. But let me tell you about your char grill Charlie's. Now when Tommy comes in because he is an expert on these matter on these uh, matters, we're looking for great combos there, package deals, two for the price of one. I mean it's pretty simple. Their their philosophy's just straight down the line. Chicken and chips, how good does it get? Uh, but I think Tommy leans towards the chicken snitty and chips. He is a big Chicken Snitty fan package deal on the motorsport front. Dick Johnson and Ford, yep, DJ and Ford, the blue oval and the absolute legend worked hand in hand beautifully. A couple of wrestling uh, nominations, which I'll need to have a look at. <laughs> and speaking of, says Tony, uh, so he's got Larry O'Day and Ronnie Miller. But speaking of wrestling, what about James Packer and David Gingle? Not a, I mean, was it was it in the wrestling stakes? I don't know. It certainly wasn't in the. It wasn't. Wasn't in the boxing stakes. Nothing was landed. Damien from the Gold Coast has given us a call. <laughs> it's giveaway Thursday. It's like a free for all Thursday. You can call about anything anytime. Go for it, Damien. What have you got?
8: Hey Matey, how are you?
3: Good thanks. Talking cricket, go You're for there, it. Mate? Yeah, mate,
8: yeah. I was just I was just thinking, mate, like, you know, the boys last night. It just goes to show we could have easily walked away with this test series, you know. We we've always had the skill to do it. I don't feel like it had anything to do with, yeah, you know, the Indian cricket squad. It just goes to show the shizzle that you know Australian cricket put us through, and you know just put us in a bad mindset in those first two series. And now we're showing, you know, we're, we're clearly we're the greatest side. You know, it's just uh, it's just funny how they, um, you know, the first two series they just put us in that bad headspace and that, and, and now we're really showing that we are the better side.
3: What do you think has made the difference? I mean, bringing Mitchell Stark back into any Australian team going to make a difference. He could have got, or should have got, a wicket with the first ball, should have got a wicket with the second ball, um, but it, and ends up with no wickets, funnily enough, and he was by far and away the best when they first came out. He ended up with none for twenty one as the spinners took hold. But do you reckon Stark was is, is one of the key differences here? I mean, you know, Patty Cummins is not there, but we can bring in Cameron Green. David Warner's not there, but we can start to bring in other players. So what's the difference you reckon, mate? Mate,
8: mate, smudge with the see on his back for me. Um yeah, you know, just the fielding, just just the cool head, everything. Nothing on putty, you know, but I, I just feel like on, on... And everyone's been saying the same thing when I'm listening into you guys. You know, how the, the decision Smudge makes and, and, you know, how the team was just a lot more settled, I just feel that's a big difference, you know. Those little subtle things make a huge difference in a, in a test game and the way we bowled and how we bowled and who we chose at the right times and what ends, you know... I just feel that's that's a massive difference is I think the squad were a lot more settled with smudging to see.
3: Good on you, Damien. Good call, mate. I appreciate that and your thoughts on day one. I mean, that was only day one. 14 wickets fell. I'll send you back to Tommy because I want to send you a $50 Bunnings Warehouse voucher. Thanks to WD40, mate. If you're like me, my WD40 gets a full-blown workout around home. You can register online for their Repair Challenge 2023 for a share in more than $15,000 in prizes. Damien, appreciate the call. Uh, pick up the phone. Give us a buzz. one one 1170 On the line, Jaleesa Raps on this Thursday morning, counting down until the start of footy season. Good morning, J.A.
7: Good morning. How are you?
3: Good, thank you. There's a fair bit going on. I'm looking for great combinations this morning. The old perfect match off the back of David Fafita, um, now it appears as though the Broncos are going to join this race and it appears as though your Canberra Raiders, if they're going to have David Fafita on the, on the radar, might have to have his partner Shaley as well, um, but they've got competition. What did you make of that story about Fafita and the Broncos?
7: Yeah, well, it's extraordinary. I mean, I think if you can get him back at the, the right price, I think he'd be um, good for any side. I'd love to see him at the Raiders, but to be honest, what concerns me more about the Raiders is our back line. It's just not um, incredibly threatening. Like when I look at the the Raiders' backs, I just... all Everyone there except probably, uh, which obviously Jack Whiten, um, it, it just... I don't know. They're not. They they wouldn't even sort of make the first grade of uh, the starting side. I think of a lot of other sides. So David Feeder would be great. I'd love to see this get a really uh, threatening back, though.
3: You mentioned something just there, which I reckon is the key to all of this with Theta in particular. And by the way, Noddy, I just had him on JA, and and he sort of echoes your thoughts around the Raiders to. To him, he didn't see a lot in the preseason that says anything's going to change rapidly in, in 2023. So that's a separate issue. But on on Fafita, the right price. I mean, this is, this is going to be, you can only get what's out there and you can get market value and you can get a good deal at the right time. But the guy's been on extraordinary money and he's an extraordinary talent. How far do you reckon the next club has to go to get him?
7: Ah, uh, I mean, I get. I guess it's a willing. Really it's what they're willing to chip in too, to to let him go because I think he'd have probably have to go. I I say he'd have to go a, a bit, a fair bit under what he's being on at the moment to leave because I, he was he was just overpaid for any person in that position. Right? Like I think you sort of, no matter how good you are in that position, I think you sort of cap out a bit. I mean, he was on money that sort of was suited to sell a really good back. So, um, I, I, look, I don't know, but I think he'd be great at any club that could kind of get him going. He's been a little bit inconsistent the last couple of years.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It blows me away. He's, he's 23 years of age and he's been earning that money for the last couple of years and there's more to come. You did a story on the Panthers earlier in the week for 10 News. Um, how do you think the pressure of trying to knock over a three-peat is, is either building on them or how they're handling it or is it is it playing on their minds?
7: No, I don't think it bothers them at all. And I think probably because they've had a lot more pressure... Um, previously I mean the pressure to win after you've lost a grand final arguably is the greatest pressure that you can feel after there was all that expectation on them and then they had the side to do it again I think that was probably the greatest pressure that they had and then to back it up so they already know the pressure of trying to back up a win uh, the difference they have this year obviously is they've lost Billy Army kick out uh, and Apicorosau so they have probably this is the first year that they've really lost those big name players that they that were so integral to their success but the Panthers have such they do what the Raiders probably don't have they have such a depth in their backs coming through all the grades and we saw that last season when they won all those grades um, and even with like May out um senior um Tar- Taruba is going to fill that position but then you've also got tom jenkins who's waiting in the wings so uh they just have that depth to keep going and i don't think it weighs on them at all this pressure of even i think they're almost a little bit annoyed at the appy talk that you know oh they've lost appy so it's all going to come undone and i think they probably certainly talking to his teammates yesterday they find it a bit disrespectful to mitch kenny
3: yeah and you wonder too in that in that instance, whether the, the Panthers are kind of channeling the Melbourne storm, you know, in that level of success. And then questions are always going to be asked when players are going to move on. Does it affect their success? Well, the storm have shown time and time again that they can continue. We always look, Jaleesa, for the movers and shakers and those that are going to lift themselves out of the bottom and into the top eight. What about do you think is going to be across the board the most interesting team slash club in 2023 where are the most storylines going to come out of this year
7: I think the really interesting one is Manly I went um, up to their their season launch last week and I found it to be a really different place to go to than um, the previous year like it felt really tense and everyone was obviously a bit uh, on edge after everything happened with the um, pride round. And I felt like it's a really united group at the moment. Steve's they, they, got them doing this thing where they have um, groups that they go in and they purposely go and have coffees together. Like that's part of their, um, their schedule is that, you break up into your group and you go and have a coffee. And he's really been about bringing the team bonding. And someone that I think has actually been really um, underrated coming to the side is Cooper Johns. I know he hasn't probably been your standout player that you've seen in the last few years, but he's really happy to be there and was really good in the trials and having Schuster out could have been a huge blow, but I think having Cooper Johns in there and he has said that he wasn't enjoying his footy. He was just not happy and, and he feels really happy at the moment. But I think he was he's actually going to be somebody who's going to be a really big uh, utility value to them. So I'm interested to see if they can keep Tommy Turbo fit. I think they're going to be right up there.
3: Yeah, let's see how that one plays out. Now, uh, before I get your, your tip across the weekend, I, I want to know the biggest winning margin this weekend because – what happened, J.A.? Um, I had to do my selections for round one yesterday, which were which were okay. I was pretty sort of locked in on most of them. But then when I thought about uh, points, I went, hang on a second, and margins, I went, ugh. So it got me thinking this morning, who wins by the biggest margin in round one? Are you leaning towards the Roosters v. Dolphins, or can you find something else?
7: Um. No, I am actually leaning, and I'm really sad about this, the Cowboys and the Raiders. (laughs) It kills me to say that. I've actually got my Raiders in the bottom four this season. It kills me, and it hurts my soul to say that. But I think the Cowboys are absolutely going to flog the Raiders.
3: Okay, I didn't see that one coming at all. A final one for you. you're, across the, you're all across the cricket. I sat down and watched it yesterday. In fact, I saw the four, uh, four or five, I think it was, the Indians were before I had to run over to cricket training. It was extraordinary what was happening. Do you like it when a pitch, as a viewer and as a, as a lover of cricket, do you like it when a pitch is so wacky that 14 wickets can fall in one day, it skids, it turns, it keeps low, it does everything, or would you prefer a much more even start to a test match?
7: No, I absolutely love this. I think the more challenging you can make. We've seen. Too, I hate the wickets in Australia. I'm sorry, I just absolutely hate them. Aside from the day-night test, it's just become so boring that it's You know, there's still a element of enjoyment to watching test cricket, even when it ends in a draw. But it just bores generally people who aren't watching it all the time. They don't follow cricket all the time. I hate a pitch that does nothing. So I would much rather a pitch that is so far the other way than is an absolute road and puts up a bit of a challenge for the Aussies too. But um, uh, you know what? A pitch like New Zealand where that was – and also the way that that game uh, went for England and New Zealand, that is ideal.
3: <laughs> I, I get the feeling we're not – I mean, we might have a tight finish, I get the feeling it ain't going to go uh, five days, this one, because goodness knows how any how any batter worth his salt is going to negotiate the next couple of days if the pitch is going to get worse. Good on you, J.A. Thank you. We'll be tuning in on Sunday crunch time. Uh, you'll be alongside James Magnuson and Steve Philp. So there's a good combo. Uh, you enjoy round one tonight.
7: Thanks, Maddie.
3: Jaleesa Apps, yeah, uh, Sunday crunch time. So midday... On Sunday, the Missile, Steve Philp and J.A. as well. We've got plenty of texts coming in for great combos. The old perfect fit, the two for the price of one across the world of sport. Remember, it says Sharky ET and Sparkles McGaw. Yes, there's a good combo and a good shout out. Special K's, says John from Gosford. It was only two weeks, but boy, was it a lot of fun. Back after this. Welcome back to the program. Can I just say, you guys, you listeners are awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. We had a little rocky start to this program with some technical issues. I'm remote uh, broadcasting today, and we had a few dramas, but you didn't leave, you held on, you knew that we had a little rocky road, and you were with us the whole way. So thank you for doing that. You've bought in big time. So I'm going to try to get through all of the text messages that continue to come on in and your calls as well. Roland from Penrith, you go for it on the line. Thanks for calling in. Aussie pitchers, not a fan? Matt, it's not that I'm not a fan.
10: What more is the fact that what that last bit of that interview you had with JA, right? Yep. And the thing you said, even you as a coach, the game of cricket, the basic fundamentals of cricket is it's bat versus ball or ball versus bat, whichever way you want to look at it, right? It comes down to a skill set. And if you go out on a turf pitch and it's playing crazy, as a batsman, you've got to have the mindset to, to be hard enough. And solid enough to play the ball that's in front of you. As a coach, and you're saying that to your kids, play the ball in front of you. Don't think about the last ball or what's coming next. Play what's in front of you. Mm. You know, and it's it's why I haven't run whinging about the sweep shot. Why I haven't you know bagged the Aussies out for any of it? Because at the end of the day, pitchers are you know they've created pitches to make it a challenge. And now we've got the Aussie
3: batters who are up for the challenge. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that, I, I totally agree with you. 100% agree with you. And yesterday, Roland, I watched with interest the way that Usman Kawaja was batting. I mean, you know, he's such a fluid batsman anyway, and he can just he just buys himself more time. But there was there was a difference in his approach and the way that he... Played those deliveries that were going to cause him some danger. So there was a definite mindset, and I agree. You're meant to be challenged on Test cricket pitches in particular, and then it's back to the batsman. So if it is bowler v bat in this situation, it's back to the batter to try and say, okay, what is my test here? My test is I need to get through this period. The ball's keeping low. It's spinning a mile. So my test, and that's why it's Test cricket. Is to try and come up with something to negate that and get on top of that. And I saw just little bits of differences, or a few little differences in Uzi's um, style of play yesterday. The way that he it was almost sort of feathering it off the pitch. And I, I 100% agree with you, mate. And look, not all pitches are going to be the same, and we don't want them the same, right?
10: Correct. And that's what I said to the producer when when he picked the, when he uh, put my call through. I said, yep. you know, you, you've got to look at Khawaja. He scored 60, which no other batsman in this test has done. The Indians yeah, right. in the previous test, there were a couple that scored hundreds. right? Nothing wrong with our bowlers. It was just their mindset. I mean, they weren't tonking them over the fence every second ball for six like they do at a BBL. They, they were actually playing shots, but playing the ball in front of them.
3: Yeah, 100%. Good call. Can you hang on, mate? I'll put you back to Tommy. Um, we'll send you out a Signet Boost Power Bank. It'll keep everything charged up 24-7. Appreciate that call. I'm just going to race to the news, uh, Vanessa, in the newsroom. Steve, who is on the line from Penrith. Mate, if you don't mind holding on for a minute or so, we'll come straight back to you because I want your thoughts on the test and the pitch in particular. Thank you very much for that, Vanessa, in the SEN newsroom. Don't forget the Bryden's Lawyers, your verdict competition pick. One NRL winner each week for your chance to win two and a half grand. Head to sensurvivor.com.au. Back to the open line we go. Uh, Steve, thank you for holding on, mate. Appreciate that. What would you like to say about the test cricket? Uh,
12: Just wanted to talk about the pitch. Uh, that, that. Those pitches they're throwing up in India, they're, they're a disgrace. You wouldn't play fifth-grade cricket matches on those. Um, if any other country turned up with those wickets, you know, they'd, they'd be hauled over the uh, coals for it. So, but it'd be swept under the carpet being from India. Um, Matty Hayden, he went to town on him in the commentary box saying how it shouldn't be turning and being staying so low after an hour of play. And I, I agreed with his comments. What do you think?
3: Well, Mark War, well, Mark War said the same thing. Look, I as I said to our previous caller when Roland called up, I like the fact that pitches are different. I mean, are they substandard to what we would expect, you know, full-blown professionally? Honestly, Steve, if you take a look at the wide shot, and I heard our SEN commentary team preview this before I saw it. They were talking about the ground itself. In fact, Barat Sundarason was giving us a great uh, reasoning behind the red clay and then the darker areas. You know, it's it's not up to like a SCG, MCG, Adelaide Oval sort of standard on the whole. But I do like the fact that they are challenging. And I do like the fact that they're, that they're different and that they pose different challenges in different tests. I mean, I, I see what you're saying about, you know, from a purist point of view, is it up to full-blown standard? Probably not. Is the ground up to full-blown standard? Probably not. I mean, they've got the full training pitches on there as well. So I think you've got to kind of take a little bit of both. I'm okay with it, mate. I'm fine with it because, you know what, after the however long it took us to roll India, we're walking out on exactly the same pitch. So then it became, for me, a challenge. And to be honest, mate, I, I, was, I was busy, so I didn't see a lot of the first part of Australia's innings, the very, very first part, And then I sort of knuckled down to sit down and watch Uzi Kawaja in particular and Labashane and then Smith. So I was fascinated to see how they were going to handle it. So I'm okay with it. I'm fine with the fact that there's a test involved in it, which is what test cricket's meant to be.
12: Yeah, I I agree with you. The the wickets, if they were all the same, that it'd be a bit boring. I agree with you there. Hmm. So I don't mind the turning wickets and that, but it's just the way that, they're staying low and they're turning like like ten feet, some of them after an hour's of play um yeah where in Australia that wouldn't happen till day four or five. you know what I mean they just yeah not that this test match is not going to get to day four or five it'll be all over in three days again um but yeah that that was just my point, point. and also there's i didn't realize watching the comment uh the television last night that The big difference between the two teams has been the batting of Ashwin, Jadeja, and Aksar. I think I'm saying that right. Those three blokes have averaged over 100, where our three blokes in those spots have averaged around 20. So the tail has really wagged. And that's been a big difference between the two sides in the first two test matches.
3: Yeah, good call, Steve. The one that I was hoping who would get going, even though he's on the other side, is Shubman Gill. Um, Ended up getting dismissed for 21 and so much hype around him. I mean, the guy is an excitement machine. Steve, appreciate your call. I'll send you back to Tommy and we'll send out a Char Grill Charlie's voucher to you. Another, Steve, this one from Rockdale as we talk NRL. Good morning to you, Steve. Now, have you got a biggest margin winner for us uh, for round one?
5: Yeah, morning, gents, mate. First time caller as well, Matt. Love the program. Good on you, mate.
3: Um, awesome, mate. Mate, I'm
5: I'm a Dragons fan, so I'll, I'll be quiet and let them all give us a bit of stick for the bye. Obviously, it's two points, but, mate, I reckon Warriors will give the uh, Knights a touch-up. Uh, I think they've had a good start to the end of pre-season, and uh, I'm, I'm looking 30-plus for the Warriors.
3: 30 plus, mate, I'm, I'm going to be calling that one tomorrow night. So if it's 30 plus, I might take the old honey and lemon with me because I'll be scoring, uh, calling tries left, right and centre. I can't, I can't get a read on this one. There, you know, there's certain teams, I don't know if you have this, but there are certain teams sometimes when I sit down to do my tipping and I can, I can just go, uh, I, I just sort of get trapped. I get trapped with the Warriors and I get trapped with the Raiders. So they're the two teams that normally catch me out each round. And I just don't know what the Warriors are going to deliver. I actually think the Warriors are going to win, but I don't think that they're going to win comfortably. And I think we've sort of forgotten the fact that, you know, Bradman Best is there. He can go. Let's have a look at the Newcastle lineup. Miller at fullback is new, of course, but we know what he can deliver. On the wings for Newcastle, it's Hunt and Young. There's a reason why Dom Young... Is is on the way out there because he's a wanted man. Tawala and Best in the centres is fantastic. And then Ponga and Hastings at 5'8 and halfback. And then you go up front, the Saifidi brothers, Tyson Frizzelf. It's given Kurt Mann. I mean, they've certainly got the outfit there to do it. I guess the question for Newcastle, for me, Steve, is why can't they? You know, why, why would they be getting lapped in round one with that kind of team?
5: Uh, I'm looking at Hastings. Whether he's going to settle in, apparently he's been killing it as well. But um, mate. And as for the cricket, quickly, Matt. Mate, one word, Steve yep. Smith. That's the change in, in the whole team. The guys and an just a champion bloke. Uh, regardless of his past and what's happened with him and Warner, I still I still feel he'll he should definitely be the uh, Australian captain.
3: Well, I mean, he gives it his all. I I. I... I'm fine with Pat Cummins, absolutely, and and when Pat Cummins goes back, he will take over that role. But I'm I'm more than a fan like you are of, of Smudge in that one. So um, let's see how it plays out. Hey, Steve, thanks for listening, mate. Really appreciate the fact that you tuned on in, that you like the show, and that you take the time to give us a call. We don't take that for granted. So we're going to send you a voucher as well. Um, give us a call anytime. One 1170 is the open line number. Some quick combos before we get to 2am, Tommy. Morning, boys. It wasn't live, but the 1981 Parramatta Eels uh, winning the GF, then burning down the stadium would have been an awesome night slash party, as in a combo into the night party. I remember the images around the old Cumberland uh, Stadium. Uh, This one from Brendan, two for one, Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk. (laughs) Yeah, there's not a bad package deal. Has to be the Woodies. Todd Woodbridge, Mark Woodford. They even have their own Wikipedia page, not to mention a heck of a lot of titles. I mentioned the special K's. McGrath and Warren gets a great shout out. So too does Broad and Anderson. The X Factor from Tumut, bold personality and fine cotton. Two AM Tommy doesn't remember that. I'll have to send him off into Wikipedia to dig back into that one. But uh, we actually raised that old that old story just a few weeks ago. Good morning to you, Tommy.
2: Uh, good morning, Alex. Listen, it's great to be back on the show.
3: After my <laughs> little content. hiatus yesterday. How did you go yesterday? It was well, good. The know, captain's run with Cameron
2: Smith and Denon Kemp back for another year. Yeah, yeah it was good. I was uh, producing, paneling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I won't be here on Wednesdays. You you, but
3: You didn't feel like you were, you know, cheating on us at all? You oh. just sort of left us for someone else?
2: Look, Maddie. first and foremost, I have to look after SEM. Yeah and the whole network and Hutchie put, hey, the, hey, put hey, it in my hands. On. I've got to, I've got to run with it. The, the worry there was that there was a pause in between me asking the question and you answering it. So <laughs> we, we know exactly what fell <laughs> down the middle. Have you got a good package deal combination? Oh yes. Um, Elise Perry, Elisa Healy and success. They've won six T20 World Cups together. Just simply amazing. Yes.
3: Yeah. So okay. Whenever so they aside, play together, the other.
2: success follows.
3: Yeah. I like it. I like it. What else do you want to buy into this uh, morning?
2: The cricket could not agree more with your caller Roland before and Jalisa Raps before before as well. Test cricket is so much more enthralling. It is so much more intriguing and is so much more entertaining. When, in my opinion, it favours the the bowlers more than the batsmen or the bat, the batters. Um, now, yes, mm-hmm. it's it's also important that we need to find that balance. But I mean, fourteen wickets falling on on one day compared to. Oh, say India were 2 for 300 at the end of the day guess what guess what people yeah. are more intrigued about guess what gets more clicks online guess what we like talking about more and i know listeners like talking about more is wickets falling so many more storylines coming out of the test match than say i don't know rohit sharma on 130 not out and virat kohli on 75 not out it is so much more entertaining so much more like Give me that every day of the week, beside then a bloody road that we see in Adelaide every single year.
3: Yeah, I just look. I just keep going back to the fact that it's Test cricket. It's meant to be a test, and we don't want every single uh, track to be the same because you'll get the same outcome time and time again. So I'm I'm totally up for it. I found it fascinating yesterday. The other thing too is in this argument is that Test Cricket, by design, in our heads, weirdly enough, still sits as a five-day adventure. Mm-hmm. And we know, aside from what happened in Wellington the other day, we know that those days are gone. So I don't think you can link the two together. I think people saying, well, this Test is going to be over in three days because of the bloody pitch. Well, look, that's the, that's the way that Test Cricket's going anyway. And we have to live with that. I think there's a lot more reasons to that. Have we got the Tribune today? Tommy? The Tribune is... bringing back the Tribune? The Tribune
2: is back for the first time for the, this NRL season. So I want your headlines, your predictive headlines on what's going to happen in round one and predictive headlines of what's going to happen for the rest of this test match between Australia and India.
3: Can we roll some of our combo package deals into a headline? Of I mean, course. We've got great of course. Yeah, we've got some great combo names coming through, but roll them into a headline for Tommy's... Tribune. Nice work, mate. Back after this break. Sydney FC have Melbourne victory on Saturday night. A home ground match at Allianz Stadium at 7.45. Uh, They're sixth on the ladder at the moment and of course finals not too far away. On the line from FC Joe Lolly joins us on the morning program. Good morning, Joe.
6: Good morning. How are you?
3: Good, thanks. So you're uh, beaten by Melbourne City last weekend. Now play Melbourne victory this weekend. So from the top to the bottom, but I'm guessing not a lot would change in terms of the attitude at training.
6: Uh, No, not really. We need to, you know, do what we've been doing. You know, apart from the game against Melbourne City, we've, you know, been on a good run of form. So, yeah, fingers crossed we can pick ourselves up and, and get a result of the weekend.
3: Like I mentioned, sixth on the ladder, and I'll talk about finals in just a second. So a snapshot for you of the season so far. You'd like to be higher. Um, but how do you think the season's gone so far in your first year at Sydney FC?
6: Um, yeah, as, as you said, you know, as a team, we'd, we'd we'd like to be we'd like to be higher. You know, we're, we we want to be pushing for the top of the league. Um, and yeah, you know, that that's the ultimate goal. Um, from an individual point, it's been, you know, okay. I'd like to, you know, always always do better than you know what I've what I've done and. And hopefully can end a strong season both, as, you know, as a team and individually.
3: We always wonder, Joe, when, you know, when players come to the A-League for the first time, how different it is. And I'm sure you've been asked that question before. But what about what you learn from uh, the game in Australia and from this club in particular?
6: Um, yeah, it's very physical, a lot of running. Um, um, and... Yeah, you know, the this, this standard is, is surprisingly, you know, you know, very good technically. I didn't really have any preconceived ideas coming out of it, so um, coming out here. So, yeah, it surprised me, that you know, the, the high standard and the level of quality. And uh, I think the game's growing here. And, yeah, um, hopefully even next season I'll, you know, be stronger for it and, and be able to adapt better.
3: It's a business. It's your occupation. It's your full-time gig. But is it enjoyable playing in Australia?
6: Yeah, definitely, you know, having a different lifestyle and, and a way of living and, you know, it's a lot more relaxed here. There's probably more things to do in terms of, you know, with the weather, you know, being being like it is. There's more things to do outside of football that allows you to relax, you know, outside the pitch, um, you know, which is, which is a nice feeling and, yeah, uh, it's just a, a great way of living and, you know, I've had family come over here and, and love it as well, so it's... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here, to be honest.
3: And I also wonder too, mate, about your, your old teammates back over there and how much attention do you... And how much time do you get, really, to to pay attention to what you've left behind and the leagues that you're interested in different time zones?
6: Yeah, it, it is difficult, naturally, because um, obviously the time difference. But, you know, I, I keep an eye on things as much as possible. And... Um, You know, it's probably more, you know, you're looking at the scores and then watching the highlights rather than, I guess, watching pool games and things like that, which is a little bit different. But, yeah, you know, I'm still in contact with a lot of, you know, people from England and friends I've made um, in football in the past. So um, Yeah, keep a, a pretty close eye on everything that's going on.
3: All right, down to finals, that, that, that finals discussion that I wanted to have with you. Still nine games left in the season and you guys are hovering around that that sixth position on the ladder. So not locked in yet. But I wonder for a player like you that is finding finals foreign, it's uniquely Australian the way we play it through here, have you put any thought process into the back end of the season and playing finals football?
6: Um. No, not to be honest, not particularly. Um, something, I guess, yeah, it, it, you know, it's new. It's a bit alien alien to me. Um, but I feel like, you know, as the season's gone on, you, you get more of a sense of, you know, the start to look at the table and, and, and where you need to finish and and the results around you. And, uh, you know, in a way, it's, I guess it's similar to having, you know, the playoffs in the championship when you, you're going for them, it, you know, towards the end of the season, just start, starts to creep up on you and you start realizing, you know, you know what results you might need and then how you need to perform to, to, to get where you want to be. So um, I'm sure as the games keep going on and on, the sort of pressure, I guess, ramps up a little and then, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we, ma- we make the finals and then, yeah, it'll be a good experience being able to play in, in the first finals, fingers crossed.
3: What, what can fans expect on Saturday night against the victory and the lessons learned against Melbourne City last weekend?
6: Yeah, you know, we need to we need to
3: start quicker. Um, we didn't start well enough at the weekend. and
6: um, You know, see two early goals sort of, you know, made it a bit of the mountains climb. Um, you know, we won, won one win, one loss against victory. They've both been very tight games and and good games of football. So, yeah, I'd expect a you know, pretty good game of football, both teams. You know, like to get the ball on the floor and play football and create chances. So it should be a pretty pretty good and open game and just about being, being the best team in both boxes.
3: Good on you, Joe. Appreciate your time this morning. Best of luck on Saturday night.
6: Brilliant. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
3: Here we go. Final hour of the program, folks, as we count down to the start of the NRL season tonight. Who have you got, Eels or the Storm? Remember, under Craig Bellamy, the Melbourne Storm have never lost in round one. Uh, Mystery Man, I read out your text on the other side of the news. On this side, you say, I, I take your point, Maddie, but there's different, and there's also taking the you-know-what. Yeah, I take your point too, Mystery Man, on that one. I, I guess the thing is they both had to bat on it. And India, um, who, by the way, the curator, I did see a photo from our SEN team, uh, Adam Collins, posted it yesterday. The curator walking around in full Indian kit. Um, didn't work for them. Bowled for all out for 109. Australia with a 47-run lead. Let's go to the open line. one 1170 Steve in Waraknabeel. Good morning, Steve.
4: Hey, mate. How are you doing?
3: Excellent. What do you got for me today?
4: All right. I'll give you a headline. I hope I'm wrong. But Savage Storm Electrocute Eels.
3: Savage Storm Electrocute Eels I picked I picked the Eels at home um, so I'm going against all sorts of history and stuff like that but yeah alright I'll throw that in for, for Tommy's Tribune a little bit later on Savage Storm and Electrocute was, the Eels
4: and the Cronulla boss I don't know whether it was the President or Chairman um, he was on 7 Sunrise this morning and he was having a bit of a mm-hmm. complaint that Cronulla never got any of the New South Wales government stadium funding. Um, apparently Penrith are going to get 300000 and a couple of other Sydney clubs are going to get money. I'm just trying to work out how a club that owns their ground could expect the, the government to upgrade it. Like, the government ain't going to upgrade the house I own, so why should they upgrade Cronulla's Stadium?
3: Fair point. I didn't see that. Did you say it was on Sunrise this morning?
4: Yeah, Sunrise, about 20 past seven. Um, yeah. I don't know whether he was the chairman or the president. Um, do you know somebody? Yeah, Dino Mezzatina. Mezzatesta,
3: yeah, yeah Dino yeah, Mezzatesta. Yeah.
4: It was about, like, how much is going to be allocated to Sydney stadiums and Cradolum is there. And I'm just thinking, well, yeah. they, they're the only club that own there. As far as I know, they own their stadium. They own the ground. So- yeah, it's...
3: It's been a constant debate. Uh, I think you just dropped off there, Steve. It's been a constant debate that one. What we'll do is well, I'll grab hold of that, try and uh, see that interview from Dino Mezzatesta, and we'll see what he had to say on that one this morning. But you know, when you put it like that, Steve, it's you're spot on. Hey, I wish the government had come and upgrade. My house, just like yours and and all that. But, um, yeah, that debate's been going on for quite a while. Um, Now, some combos. Let me get to some combos before we talk more cricket, and we'll catch up with Bryce McGain in a few minutes. Um, This one just dropped from Tony from Pendle Hill. Matty, I reckon Kelly Slater and a surfboard have been a pretty good package deal over the last 20-plus years. Not bad at all. Tony, not bad at all. All Blacks and the Bledisloe Cup. Uh, that one from a new Aussie <laughs> is the name that came with that from the text. Greenwich and Haynes. Oh, what a combination. Thank you for that X Factor. On the cricket, Glenn says, I reckon the batsman has had it too good. It's about time the bowlers had things their way. Uh, bowlers going their way. Look, again, I'm, I'm up for a crazy wicket every now and then and I'm up for a challenging wicket every now and then. If we can try and find that balance, I'd hate to be a curator, but if you can try and find that balance where everybody's happy, then good luck to you. But you need to take 20 wickets to win a test match. So how does this one pan out? Well, it's heading that way. And I guess also, you know, the days of draws in test matches are almost, it almost just leaves such a bad taste in the mouth of the modern viewer Fan, subscriber, or whatever we want to call a business partner. I mean, there's all sorts of corporate terms, but we're, just not, we're not used to things just petering out into drawers anymore. And we're not used to test matches going the distance. That is, unless you were sitting in New Zealand last week. Um, this is an interesting one. We lose, the listeners whinge. We thump a team, listeners whinge. We look like winning in a tight one, listeners whinge. This is a great test. Stop whinging. It's a test, all right. Maybe that's our next question as we continue on our journey this morning. How long does the test go? Four for 156 after 54 overs. What did the Indians last? 33.2 overs. That's as long as they went yesterday before they were all out for 109. Hanscom and Green uh, are going to be really fascinating to watch today because that pitch will not be getting any better. We know that. So it's now in there, um, right at their doorstep. Um, my favourite double act, um, Man United's Dwight York and Andrew Cole. Um, second fireball and apple juice. Okay, all right. Thank you for that. No name <laughs> on that one. Maddie. if they really want test cricket to thrive, I reckon it's open slather on pitch preparation. As long as it's not ridiculously bouncy, uh, so it's not dangerous, then I'm all for it. So much more exciting than two blokes scoring 300-plus partnership and tests ending in draws. There you go. This from the Black Stump peel Or have unlimited days and just play two full innings each, but that will never happen. It did. Um, back in the day, it used to be. Some of the record books will, will tell you I think it's seven-day tests and all sorts of stuff going on back then. But you're right on that last part. It will never happen again, no doubt about that. Uh, Just one more. G'day, Matty. Steve Smith should be captain. He's absolutely the best man for the job. No coincidence, Australia's doing well in the third test. Leads by example, and that gives those around him confidence. What a champion from Eddie. Um, Plenty of Steve Smith fans, and rightly so but it's Pat Cummins' job and he'll get it when he gets back. We've been having a fairly robust debate this morning around the state of the pitch in particular over there in indoor as we head towards day two of the test in Australia, leading by 47 runs. Former Australian cricketer Bryce McGain is on the line, part of the SEN Cricket Commentary team, of course, right across the summer. Good morning to you, Bryce. What do you think? Is is this pitch up to standard and is it okay to play on a pitch like that?
9: Very good morning to you, Matty, and all the listeners out there. Uh, No, it's not. No, this is not international standard wicket. For the ball in the first over to go through the top, and what we mean by that is the whole top explode apart uh, when Stark bowled in his first over, Um, that's not up to international standard. It is uh, underprepared. It's uh, it's overbaked. However you want to put it, it's diabolical. And... uh, Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that that's the case because both these teams have incredibly skilled players. And uh, look, we love the fact that Australia have bounced back and doing well. But yeah, you question about the pitch. Yeah, she ain't good enough for this level.
3: See, I I don't mind the fact that it's, I mean, both the old saying, you've both got to play on it. So I don't mind the fact that it's throwing up a challenge and it's throwing up something different. So let me just ask you one question then. Do you think it's a, a dangerous pitch? Uh,
9: I don't think it's dangerous. I haven't seen anything that is dangerous there, particularly with the the amount of spin bowling that's there, who's fast bowling up and down and shooting off a length, uh, you know, up up towards the batsman's head. You know, that does become dangerous. But I'm with you. Look, I like it. Personally, I like watching cricket this way because I don't know what's going to happen. It's unpredictable. Uh, The game can turn. As we've seen, Australia (laughs) been on the receiving end of some batting collapses. Um, it's just worked the other way for Australia in, so far in day one. But it can turn in an hour. We know that. We could be bowled out. We could lose six wickets in an hour. And uh, that lead that we're anticipating to be maybe up to 200 ahead um, may not be the case at all. So I actually like it. It's good. it's good entertaining cricket because I'm on the edge of a seat. And you don't want to miss anything because it can turn so quickly.
3: Yeah, and better than a two-, three-, four-day bat-fest, uh, which can become a ball-fest, as much as I love batting and watching batsmen out there score runs, so So, I, I, you know, I, look, I, I go, this is test cricket. It's meant to be a test, and it's challenging, and we're not all meant to play on the same uh, same pitches in the same conditions, because you know what will happen. We'll get the same result. I did have a question from a listener, just posing the question then, Bryce, why? Why is a pitch like this delivered by India And, you know, like you're saying, you've been there and done it. It's not up to the professional standard, even though we kind of like it. Why do they do that?
9: Uh, They want to really um, push home their advantage. So what they've done, they've rolled the life out of the wicket in the middle. So it doesn't suit any of our fast bowlers who might want to fire the ball through. And it suits uh, and dries out the end. So they've really just dried it out. It's... um, They're doing it to just force their competitive advantage. And I suppose, you know, a lively gabber wicker at times, you know, people can argue, well, you know, that suits Australia with, uh, you know, good fast bowling and uh, really foreign bouncy, fast wicket conditions that suits our batting a bit because we're used to it. They're just doing something similar to that, but they're overcooking it. Um, Interesting shots at the lunch break when the coach of India is walking along with the the curator who is wearing the Indian track suit. He's not an yeah. independent curator. He's uh, he's in the team track suit and uh, he's prepared the wicket, obviously under instruction, but maybe overbaked this one. So, look, that, that they do it for their competitive advantage.
3: How far does this test go, do you reckon? I mean, the Indians lasted just over 30 overs with... Um, managed to climb on top of their total, and it was a it was a tough haul. It was a long haul for the Aussies. It's now in the hands of Peter Hanscom and Cameron Green, but this pitch is only going to cause more chaos for, for everyone that comes in thereafter.
9: Yeah, it's going to be extraordinary. Look, it, as I said, I, I find it really exciting. How long is it going to last? Oh, I don't think we'll get out to the end of the third day. Uh, the Indian players, I think they mucked it up a little bit. They went a little hot. They, as in they they um, they pushed the accelerator button a bit hard uh, they, they tried to score and hit boundaries and then when they went out and, and Australia went out to bat they actually set the field the in-out field and I understand that that you know, that's what needs to happen. They were probably expecting Australia to be ultra-aggressive and just try and whack their way uh, in those type of conditions. But they didn't. And Usman Kowaja was outstanding because he just took what India gave him, which there's a few out in the boundary. OK, I'll work the ball and hit it to them. That gives us ones and twos. And I'll put away any bad bowling as well. I, I won't be scared about what could happen. I'll just deal with what is actually happening. Defending right back on his stumps, protecting his stumps was a good way to do it and uh the sweep shot being selective about how he played that. So it was a wonderful innings to see how to play in these horrible conditions um that have been served up but yeah don't expect uh yeah to be uh turning up to the cricket for day 4 day 5. Um it looks yeah. like the weekend it's going to be the midweek test. <laughs> yeah you you got the weekend yeah. off everyone.
3: Exactly. And look when you when you throw a blanket around test cricket at the moment you, you don't have to go too far back a couple of days ago we we're talking about just for the second time in test history, a, a test match that is decided by one run. So, and that went the five days. So you, you, get, you get both sides of this. And that's, that's what I like anyway as a, as a punter. Some people don't like it. So we're getting really both sides of the equations. And I reckon, do you think Uzi's 60 was almost as good as a ton in, the, in those conditions? Oh, no
9: question. He'll look back at that and he might even mention if Australia end up winning the test afterwards, you know, it might be a man of the match performance. Uh, his ability to just cope with what lies ahead. I, I really love the way he goes about it. He's so calm. He's uh, he's not worried about what could happen with his career or anything like that. He's just in the moment. He just understands how he plays best and, you know, he's doing that with the bat in hand. But also, Um, just enjoying his cricket. Um, He's doing it with a smile on his face as the ball spun sharply past the outside edge. He just smile, let it go and just concentrate on what he needs to do next. But you're right. Maddie. you're spot on with test cricket at the moment. England are playing a different brand. New Zealand are playing their um, punching above their weight brand uh, uh, on the back of a Kane Williamson masterclass with the bat. But, you know, for a little country, they do so well um, India are preparing wickets like this. It's a, 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 an unbelievable series. There's more Test cricket going on. South Africa playing the West Indies as well. Um, so the Test cricket's alive and well. And I think the more that we see the differences in it, um, indoor has in the past produced a wicket that's just a run fest. You know, we're talking double hundreds, triple hundreds. It, it's been ridiculous there. So it's kind of exciting to, to watch um, how, how cricket is. Uh, been entertaining and uh, and the teams are quite prepared to be entertaining particularly England at the moment on the back of um, baseball.
3: So just um, if you can mate, just crystal ball the, the next couple of days ahead. So Australia will be doing very well to hold on here today and Hanscom and Green will be out there but this pitch is going to get nastier and nastier. Then of course India come back in and, and we'll unleash Lyon and Koonerman and and Murphy as well but that will mean that Australia will end up more than likely batting last on this pitch. Does does this rest in the hands if we go that far down the down the track in the hands of Jadeja again?
9: Yeah, most definitely. He's got all four wickets that uh, India have taken. Um, and, and Ravi ashwin has been a real challenge as well, so it's not been a, a walk in the park for anyone. So, look, it, it, crystal ball in this is so difficult. But what we've seen, and I'm so pleased to see it, because Australia now... They've got used to it. They've, they've trained so hard on the conditions. Now they've got. It's no surprise what's happening uh, in this Test match. Um, so they're, they've climatised really well. So it's going to. They're going to be competitive for longer. Um, but it is a scary thought. Batting last on this wicket, the ball could literally be rolling and turning square and doing all sorts of different things. So every run is so valuable now in this first innings. Um, the difference between the two teams has been the way the tail has batted. And again, India, their tail just put on another 20, 25 runs, which doesn't seem much, but when you're scoring 100, you know, it's another quarter of their runs. They've done that every time. And the Australian tail, boy, do they need to be able to produce here. Not be scared about what could happen, but take a leaf out of Kawaja's book and go, we're going to deliver what we need to do here. Um, it's so, so important, those tail end runs. So if Australia can get a lead somewhere, somewhere around 150, how good would that be? It may very well be enough just to bat the once. So a lot does ride with, uh, with Hanscom at the moment. He's a terrific player of spin. We saw that in the first uh, test as well. So looking forward to that ticking on later this afternoon or mid-afternoon for us. And uh, yeah, I'll be riveted. It'll be absolutely exciting viewing.
3: I'm with you, mate. I've got a busy afternoon, but the one thing I did uh, yes, well, last night before I went to bed, I made sure the old earbuds are powered up and ready to rumble, so I don't want to miss (laughs) a beat, and then I'll get in front of the box when I can. Good on you, Bryce. Um, Let's see how this one pans out. Thanks for your time this morning.
9: It's going to be exciting stuff, Matty. Great to catch up again. Have a ripper day. It
3: it sure is, Bryce McGain. Don't forget, yeah, SEN's coverage of day two, ball-by-ball coverage. I mean, we've got the best experts in the game at the game. Um, 2.30 Eastern Daylight Saving Time, so half past one for our Queensland listeners. It's on SEN Fanatic and on the SEN app. Uh, So if you don't have it, download the SEN app. It'll change your listening world. Believe me, crystal clear, absolutely easy. You take your pick out of anything that you want. That's uh, what I'll be doing this afternoon. So the Aussies resuming at four for 156. Hanscom not out seven. green. Not out six yet to bat. Alex Carey, Mitchell Stark, Nathan Lyon, Todd Murphy, Matthew Kuhneman. So that's what's still to come today. And plenty of wickets, no doubt about that one. Uh, right, let's go straight back to the open line. It's been ringing off the hook this morning. Brad the Owl from Petersham. Have you got a package deal for us? The old uh, two for the price of one or perhaps more? I've got a, got a
8: bit of a dynamic duo package deal. I was looking through the team lists for this weekend and I sort of had a look at the junior development pathways programs for the Roosters, and there is a Zach Fittler at lock and a Brandon Beetson at front row, and I thought, wow, imagine if the originals <laughs> were – imagine what sort of dynamic duo that would have been.
3: Oh, wow. Wow. So where's that one in the in the junior pathways? Yeah,
8: In the Harold Matthews Cup squads for under-17s, yeah. yeah, for the Roosters. Yeah, so Harold Matthews. Uh, Freddie's yeah. son, and I think it's Artie's, yeah, yeah Artie's uh, grandson.
3: Grandson, yeah, good on you, Brad. That's a good shout out, mate. That's a it's it took us off on a different tangent, but wow, what an incredible! Is not that a way the that things line up in the world of sport and in rugby league? Back to Tommy, mate. Uh, we'll send you out a great voucher. Thanks to Char Grill, Charlie's appreciate that call. That's a beauty as well. Don't forget Tommy's Tribune as well. So, like I said, it's Giveaway Thursday. Uh, pick up the phone, give us a call, send in a text. Chances are we've got something to send your way for being a loyal listener. Maddie. I thought the cricket yesterday was exciting, but when you get up to get a beer and you miss two wickets, you know something's not right. LOL says the Western Sydney Eagle. Uh, yeah, I had to bolt. I had to go across to cricket training and everything tipped upside down in that time, although I was there for quite a while last night. My best um, couple here in terms of the package deal, Lillian Thompson. Love them. Well, I mentioned this morning, obviously, Lillian Marsh. Um, but, yeah, Tomo and Dennis Keith as well working in tandem. Steve Smith is our best captain, says Botany Danny. But Pat C will get his job back. Yeah, he will. Um, go the bunnies, says Botany Danny. Thank you for that. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. 736 Matt, don't know if you've mentioned it, but Josie Bath from Jindabym won a silver medal at the World Championships in Snowboard Cross overnight. I haven't, but thank you, Swivel. Uh, the Chook Man, Dick Johnson, John Bow. what a combo. Yes, that was referenced earlier. That was one of the first ones put up, uh, especially in the world of motorsport. Um, great pairing, great Aussie pairing as well. Luke Nolan, Black Caviar, yes. So we had Huey Bowman and Winks, but Luke Nolan, Black Caviar. What about G-Boss, Maccabi Diva? Pretty handy combination. Not bad at all. Uh, Overall numbers, not in your black caviar winks style, but three Melbourne Cups ain't bad. Cronulla not only own the ground, they're in bed with a developer on the multi-stage development that surrounds Shark Park. To hold out the begging bowl to the state government is not only absurd... It's offensive, says Simo from Balmain. I didn't see that this morning, um, but Steve pointed us towards that. So we'll have a quick look at that when we get a chance. The interview on Sunrise this morning. But obviously that issue has been going uh, around and around. So the Tribune this morning, 0457 736 736. We want our headlines around the cricket. We want our headlines around round one and what you think is going to happen. And the biggest winning margin that we've been talking about this morning and, of course, the package deals. Great package deals if you've got some for us. Let's go to the news and we'll do our racing tips also in our next half hour. Let's do our top tips with Chris Nelson, SEN's track analyst, who's on the line. Morning, Chris. Good morning, Matty. Uh, it's great to talk to you, especially the back off the back of a couple of winners last week. We got there. We got across the line.
11: I'll tell you what, we were well and truly overdue, but we finally got a couple of winners and uh, and they were both around double figures. So that was nice and let's just hope we can keep the momentum running into this weekend.
3: Well, we've got some good races this weekend. Guineas at both Ramwick and uh, Flemington and you'll have some tips for us at Eagle Farm as well. So let's start in Sydney, mate. Ramwick, uh, race number two. Let's start there. The Todman Stakes.
11: Yeah, look, we have a short-priced favourite here in uh, in red resistance. And another one well in the market is Cylinder uh, from the James Cummings stables. And whilst I'm not knocking either of those, I just thought the win of Cafe Millennium on debut at, at Ramwick back on the 11th of February was just uh, outstanding. Uh, he was slow to jump. He was a length last uh, when they left the gates and he was still a clear last well into the straight but he just absolutely motored down the outside late and ended up winning running away from them by uh, about Uh, 1.27 lengths officially, so nearly uh, a length and a half. Uh, And effort was just outstanding, as I mentioned. His trials prior had been quiet but good. Uh, One one of them not so quiet, but certainly the second one was a quiet one where he looked to have a lot of ability and he probably could have let go and won the trial if the jockey had wanted to. So... I think he's a horse that's got a lot of ability, Cafe Millennium. The golden slipper picture, it's still wide open. So I, I couldn't come into the $1. seventy or so red resistance. I'm happy to go with Cafe Millennium. So we'll take the better odds and go with race two, number four, Cafe
3: Millennium. Nash on board for that one. Just the five runners in that field. So let's skip ahead then uh, at uh, Randwick to race number nine on the card.
11: Race number nine here, uh, I think there's a good thing, and that's number two, Roots. Uh, J-Mac will ride. Chris Waller trains. Just strikes a a very uh, uh, suitable race for mine. First up, ran third at uh, Rose Hill in the Millie Fox and was getting home really strongly to the line at the end of 1,300 metres. Yes, she goes to 1,600 metres on Saturday, but I don't think that's going to be any problem. Uh, Chris Waller's a genius, as we know. J-Mac will have uh, Roots in the right spot from the good gate. And on a day which uh, could be a little tough to find uh, to find winners, uh, most of the fields are quite open. I think Roots looks a good thing. So Race 9, number 2 Roots.
3: Race 9 number 2. So not much uh, not so much a tip mate, but what about your thoughts on how the Randwick Guineas plays out? The race before that, million dollars uh, up for grabs here for Race 8, the Randwick Guineas over the mile.
11: Well, I found it tough because I really wanted to tip Aft Cabin, uh, Maddie. But I just looked at that last run, got caught wide, uh, had to do some work. And I thought the run was quite good, taking all that into account. But then he draws a wide gate again today. So I don't know. Sorry, on Saturday. So I'm not sure where he's going to end up again in the run. If he if he gets across and he gets some cover and everything pans out, I think he'll clearly win the race. But I just didn't want to tip him at the. 270-odd, uh, with that uh, hanging over his head that he might get caught out and might have to do some work. And look, Ossie Pinko was good last start. Zoo Tiger was good last start. Man Zoyce resumes, obviously, won the derby at Flemington in the spring. I'm sure he'll be ready to go first up over 1,600 metres. So it's a bit more open to me than the market suggests, and it all depends on what happens early with Aft Cabin.
3: OK, mate, let's uh, keep the tips coming then. Let's go to Eagle Farm, race seven here.
11: Yeah, another good race. Uh, the favourite here will be number four, cut Got a bit of a wrap on this one, but I'm going to take it on here. Again, a bit of an awkward draw. The trial I thought was okay. The horse I like is number seven, D Poor. Now, if you look at the videos of this horse's last two wins, he's come with uh, big, strong finishes to run right over the top of his rivals. Barrier two. Uh, look, he'll probably need a bit of luck to get clear, but Eagle Farm is a, a nice big track with wide open spaces. So, He'll be able to get through, I would think. And if he does, he'll be unwinding again. I think he can prove too strong for Burikat. So we'll take the favourite on. We'll go with race seven, number seven, D Poor.
3: Race seven, number seven, there at Eagle Farm. Race nine at the farm.
11: Race eight. I might have written that down wrong. We'll go to Sorry, race, race, race eight. eight. That's okay, mate. Uh, number one, Halal. Very, very interesting runner. Horse that ran second to Animo in the uh, the Sires Produce a couple of years ago at Ramwick. and everyone thought he was going to be a superstar. Unfortunately, he went off the boil. Uh, He's won a Group 2 since. He's placed in a Group 1. But now he's up here with Tony Gollan. He's formerly with uh, Team Hawks in Sydney. Tony Gollan can turn these horses around. I liked his recent trial. He'd only have to be 75% of his best to give these an absolute caning, and I think he will. So Race 8, number one, Halal, the best of the day.
3: Okay, now down to Flemington we go. Nine races here on Saturday at Flemington, and the feature, the million-dollar Australian Guineas. Great history in this race, and some great horses lining up here. And o and has got to start favourite.
11: Yeah, and we'll start favourite off a uh, last start win in the Futurity uh, on protest, there beating Gentleman Roy. Uh, I'm going to take him on here. I'm going to go with one of a bit better value, and that's number fourteen, Attrition. Now, Attrition's been running some very, very solid races. Won two straight, Sandown Lakeside and Geelong. Then went to uh, Flemington in the Group 3 CS Hayes. 1,400 metres, found the line very, very strongly, and that seems to be his pattern. He's always strong to the line. So he stays at Flemington. He gets out to 1,600 metres. And another big tick here is Jamie Carr jumps on board. Uh, That's a very, very positive pointer. So I'm more than happy to back Attrition each way at just under double figures than then back Jack and O. No. So race uh, race seven, I've got race seven, number 14, race attrition, seven. each way for me, yeah.
3: Okay. Gee, a couple of wins last week, mate. Puts the wind in your sails in confidence. You're taking on favourites left, right and centre this weekend.
11: <laughs> well, there's no money in favourites unless they win, Maddie. We know that. and uh, <laughs> It's a bit hard to find a winning favourite at the moment, so why not go with something a little bit rough?
3: Yeah, like the thought process. Good on you, Chris. Have a great weekend. We'll speak next week. Look forward to it. Thanks, Matty. You too.
7: Independent, trustworthy, and dazzling. Time now for Tommy's Tribune.
3: Oh, it's coming at us thick and fast today, Tommy. Uh, I reckon I'm going to run out of time to get through the amount of great combos in particular that our listeners have been throwing at us today. What about Kick It and Toomey in AFL from uh, Razor in Brisbane? Do you get it? I don't get Kick it, no. And Sorry. Kick it to me? Kick
2: it to me, yeah. Is that, the, is that just a pun? Kick it to me. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I get that, but what in relation to what? <laughs> okay. Anyway.
3: Great pairings.
2: Oh, oh, okay, yeah, sorry. We got there in the end. It? Sorry. Oh, now it's, now it's got
3: there. Thank yeah. you, Alex. Yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hillstorm Hillary's gone, forget about great combos. What about terrific trios? My goodness, uh, Hillary, we haven't even got through the combos yet. But the trio Slater, Smith, and Thurston, the start of another Maroons uh, dynasty reign. And then points out the world's nearly realigned with NRL and Formula One back this weekend. V8's next weekend. MotoGP not too far away. Cheers and morning, cuppers. It's going to get busy. It's going to get busy from now on. Alrighty, we're looking for Tribune headlines. Um, do you want to put them out there as to what you're in? looking for in particular. Yeah.
2: So anything in regards to the NRL this weekend and of course um, the cricket, how it's going to unfold on that explosive pitch in indoor Maddie, I'll quickly go through mine. I've got three just for the footy this weekend Um, for tonight's game, million dollar performance. It's going to be a Mitchell Moses masterclass million dollar performance. We're waiting to waiting for the Eels to make it official to sign off on his new deal. We believe he's going to become the NRL's newest million dollar man. So it's going to be a million dollar performance from Mitchell Moses. My next one, Knights nail New Zealand. So I'm tipping the Newcastle Knights to travel to Wellington, not Auckland. They're going to Wellington to face the Warriors and the Knights are going to nail New Zealand. And my third headline for Saturday afternoon, a savage blow to Canberra. The Raiders are without Xavier Savage for about 10 to 12 weeks with a broken jaw, I believe, or six to eight, sorry. And what the blow is going to be is I don't think Sebastian Chris is going to have a great game at fullback. Sorry. And I think, to make matters worse, Scott Drinkwater, the opposing fullback, will be a star. He'll get the three M points. He'll score a try, set up a couple.
3: Wow. You've, you've really come out swinging yes. too, um, which is <laughs> which is good. Uh, Walnut says, great combo, bacon and eggs. I mean, you can't argue Add with that. Add in
2: some tomato sauce and it makes them better.
3: Yeah, yeah. Do you go the barbecue sauce occasionally or just. Uh, occasionally, I'm,
2: I'm a tomato. Me and my brother were raised on tomato sauce, so yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm
3: with you.
2: I'm with you. All righty, do you want me to read some
3: out here that we've got 0457 736 736. What are you giving away, Tommy, this morning? I mean, we've got so many giveaway prizes this morning. I've lost track. Chargrill Charlie's Budding voucher. Warehouse vouchers, Signet Boost Power Bank, Char Grill Charlie's vouchers. Uh, thanks to our mates at Char Charlie, Grill Charlie's, home of a. The best char-grilled um, Charlie's chicken and chips, which is the best combo. Although you said the snitty,
2: didn't you? I just said the schnitzel roll was fantastic. Mm. You can't go wrong. I mean, snitty. anything yeah. they do was great, snitty but the schnitzel roll was amazing.
3: Yeah. All right, here's a headline from Joel. Wayne's pain. We have work to do. Tick. After the roosters show them their weaknesses. Yeah, Wayne's pain. Uh, Cobo corn smashed.
2: Tick. I like it.
3: Panthers and there's a subhead subheading from your man McHugh. Panthers punish Cobo for grub comments.
2: I like it a lot, McHugh.
3: Yep. Yep. Okay, uh the Pearls always good with a few. I'll get to those in just a sec. Pete from Sale in Victoria. Roosters hold off gallant Dolphins. The Roosters beat a brave Dolphins outfit in round one.
2: I agree. I think it's gonna be a close Ooh. game. Roosters suck in round one. Dolphins have a pretty like their forward pack will help them stay in the game.
3: Uh Okay. Well, are you going to give that a tick? Yeah, then? it's
2: a tick. It's a tick. Sorry. Yep, tick it
3: is. Alex, well, I mean, you're you're the master in charge of the ticks on these headlines. Yeah.
2: Brilliant Bennett busts Bondi boys. I like the alliteration, so I'll give it a tick, but I don't like their prediction. Roosters will win. <laughs> you don't think it's going to happen? No. Foreign plenty of tries at Leichhardt. Oh, I like that a lot, that's Brett. Good. Kieran Foreign.
3: Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, okay, the Pearls. Trifecta, spin doctored, curator delivers dire diagnosis. Tick. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, code Brown, Dylan gives Storm the, you know what? You know what? That's another tick. Uh, dolphin Soup, roosters dine out on sushi train. Yeah, tick, tick, tick from the <laughs> pearl. Uh, nice. Uh, 0457 736 736. Uh, manly hopper from Wagga has put in a, a pairing of Cliffy and Beaver, which we had before. Um, so that's already gone into the, gone into the bank on that one. On great uh, partnerships, nice work uh, for the Tribune. You'll find some prizes and send them on out. Good work, Tommy. Back after this. Uh, now listen, we've got a couple of winner winner chicken dinners. Thanks to Char Grill, Charlie's off the back of Tommy's Tribune, Brett and the Pearl. You'll get a voucher, but EJ with a late call, you've got to get a voucher from this one. Uh, your headline, Dolphins Defence Exposed for Having No Porpoise. That's very clever. Very, very clever indeed. Uh, Jimmy Smith is coming up this afternoon. You're not impressed with that? <laughs> no, nah, EJ. Are you impressed with that or not?
1: EJ's an Irishman, and I know, stop laughing. Yes. Um, but he went to Cogra High. I think he represented Cogra High in both rugby league and cricket, he told me during the week, this week. Uh, he's right. up there in Queensland. Uh, and you know what? I think he's he's reached a high point. What time is it? It's eight minutes to uh, that one, that, eight minutes to midday. Yeah. Eight minutes to eleven o'clock up there in Queensland. It's a high point of his life with that text <laughs> message that he sent into the Matty White program.
3: <laughs> no name on this one, but it says dogs to be on the money, money again uh, against Broken Turbos.
1: No, 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 no. Mm. I don't see it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there. Alex didn't like it. No, no.
3: No, it's not what you can see. It's just how clever the headline is. Oh, that's right. It. That's, that's oh, okay. How, yeah. Oh, okay. That's the but game. Can you have a really that's the game. Can you have a
1: really clever headline and be completely wrong?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Hang on. Okay. We do all that all day. Three <laughs> hours. Yeah. <laughs> We don't need Tommy's <laughs> Tribune to do that. We, we, could be way, we could be way off the read, Marnie. Believe uh, me. <laughs> uh, hey, what did you what did you make at day one of the test?
1: I tell you what, it was outstanding watching. Like Uzman Kawaja made sixty and you thought he's out any ball. Like some yes. of the shots that he was playing, you know, low hands and all that, where you you know he's dropping the yep. bat into the deck and you're thinking He's just survived. It's literally surviving, and I like the attitude. Like where the attitude was so wrong last test, you know, attack everything. The attitude this test was attack everything because one's got my name on it very shortly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it was it was must see, wasn't it? I mean, look, we, we've had a really good debate about this this morning, and I reckon Bryce McGain put it really well. It was it was an international standard wicket. It was underprepared. It was overbaked. He said it's diabolical, but it's not dangerous. So. It, it it's a challenge for both um, for both teams, and I thought it was fascinating watching. It was must see. It's not going to go the distance, but I don't know if they want it to. India didn't look. They they don't look as though they're willing to stick around for five days anyway. They've it's, already won the series.
1: It, it's not dangerous. And one of your other text messages I saw said, "Oh, it's cheating." It's not cheating because who's it's not been cheating. who's been the beneficiary of it now. It's Australia right. <laughs> have been the beneficiaries of it. Yeah,
3: fourth, fourth any the, the fourth might be different when Jadeja looks down and the Aussies are out there chasing maybe whatever they they need to chase. And Jadeja goes, "Oh, I'll have a piece of this, thanks," yeah, because this thing's going to be broken up and turning a mile. How, but that's how, not cheating.
1: How much worse can it get? It can't get much worse. Like what? What? It's the ball's going to spit off a length, and you know, like it. Yeah. It can't get much worse. So. Australia have applied yeah. themselves better than the Indians in the course of this test match and deserve to to have the, the lead that they have. Um, it doesn't guarantee you win the yeah. test match, though.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fascinating to watch. What's coming up on your show, mate? Uh,
1: we're going to have a chat with the South Sydney Rabbitohs coach. Uh, the more I look at it, the more I think about it, the more I see, I think the Rabbitohs are in for a really good season. He's had a great start to his NRL career, one game short of the grand final. I reckon he... He played that game over and over and over in his head in the offseason. They led by 12 against the eventual premiers mm. and and the end beaten comprehensively. But Jason Demetrio will be a special guest on the program. Adrian Prezenko with all the latest coming out of the big game tonight as well. Jared Condon with a tip for you to have a little bet. And then Timmy Williams will sort you out with his super coach. So I think what they say in Major League Baseball, Matthew, we've got all bases covered. Yeah.
3: Yep, yeah, nice. I'll, I'll just I'll just stand in the middle and just watch him <laughs> swing, throw a couple of fastballs down at you. Good on you, mate. Have a good show. Thanks, Matty.